All right, turn in your Bibles, if you will, this morning to the Gospel of John, chapter number 6. John, chapter number 6. And as we have been walking through the Gospel of John on Sunday mornings, verse by verse and passage by passage, we've been in chapter 6 for quite a while now. Part of that was just due to the disruption that happened in the month of September and carried on into the month of October as well. And part of it is also just due to the length of the passage. This morning we're going to start in verse number 47 and go to verse number 58, Lord willing, and we're not going to be finished. There's still more of the passage left to go, at least one or two more messages left in this chapter. But it is important to remember as we look at these verses this morning that the section that we're looking at this morning from 47 to 58 is just a a small portion of the conversation that Jesus was having with this group of Jewish believe, or Jewish um, Israelis, Israelites that were there. And he was in the synagogue, we find out in Capernaum, we find that in verse number 59. And so as he's teaching in this synagogue, this group of people that were there when Jesus performed the miracle, when he multiplied the loaves and the fishes, they were there, and they thought that was pretty neat. I, I think we would all would think that that was pretty neat too. If you saw someone literally multiply five loaves and two fishes and it became enough food to feed over 5,000 people with 12 baskets left over, you'd think that was a pretty neat thing. That'd be fairly entertaining. And so they were pretty interested in Jesus because of that. They were looking after him to find food. And in verse number 26, they had come to him. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me. Not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. The reason that they were seeking after Jesus, Jesus reveals to us there in verse number 26, was because of food. We're not too much different today. We can often seek after Jesus, try to follow after God for the physical things of this life if we're not careful. But you notice what Jesus says in verse 27. He says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give you, for him hath God the Father sealed. But as we jump into these verses here in a couple minutes, and we think about the bread of life, it's really important to have this whole context of the conversation that Jesus is having with these people. Because they have come to him and they are seeking after physical bread. That's the thing that they're looking for. They thought that it was really neat that Jesus multiplied this bread, that he fed them physically. And so that is exactly what they're looking for. In fact, they reference multiple times the manna that uh, Moses and their forefathers had in the wilderness. And so they ask for a sign from God in verse number, what verse is that? I didn't write it down. Verse 30. They said, therefore, unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? But notice what they say next in verse number 31. Right, They're asking Jesus for a sign. Verse 31, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So it's, it's interesting. They're looking for the same exact thing. They say, Jesus, Moses, when he led the children of Israel... He provided manna. He gave our forefathers manna to eat. He met their physical needs. 
And so, Jesus, what, what sign are you bringing? You know, we saw you do this once. We saw you feed us once. Are you going to continue to do this? They're looking for physical bread. In verse number 32, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from, the, from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. But, see, they kept missing what Jesus is saying. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, the bread of life. They're focused on this physical bread. They're wanting Jesus to give them physical bread as a sign that they should follow him. They're focused purely on the physical, and Jesus is trying to tie into what they are looking for, what they are seeking after, and use a spiritual analogy to draw their attention to the fact that they don't, what they don't, they don't need physical bread, really. Right? You and I, we need physical food each day to survive. We recognize that. But these people on that day, their greatest need was Jesus. It's the same for you and I today, right? I, we have to feed our physical bodies in order to survive, in order to have daily life. We recognize that. But our ultimate need is not physical bread. Your ultimate need, my ultimate need, is Jesus. Jesus points that out to them, and we'll look at that this morning. Verse number 47, we'll take our text up now. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. So in verse number 47, the first thing that we'll notice is that Jesus starts out with a call for them to listen to him, to hear what he has to say, because what he is about to say is true and is of the utmost importance for them to hear, to listen to. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you. He's trying to draw their attention. He's trying to get their, their focus in on what he's getting ready to say. And you'll notice this statement that he, that he says, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And we're going to find this again and again in this text. Jesus is using a physical illustration. He is speaking of physical eating and drinking, but he is using it in a way to denote a spiritual action. Jesus, later on in the text, as he speaks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, 
He is not inviting them to become cannibals. And they're taken back by it a little bit, right? They're, they're a little surprised. They find it to be a hard statement. But ultimately, they're missing what Jesus is saying. All through this passage that we've looked at in the last several weeks, and even today, we'll see Jesus equates having eternal life with belief in him. He does that here in verse number 47. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. So in our text, Jesus is equating coming to him with eating and belief with drinking. So keep that in the back of your mind, but you'll notice he that believeth on him, he that believeth on Jesus, you'll notice the tense of that verb, hath. Hath everlasting life. If you're here this morning and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, according to what Jesus says, you have currently, and you will continue to have forever, everlasting life. Everlasting. It lasts forever. I don't even know if there's still a company, the Everlast Battery Company. And then there was the Energizer Bunny. You know, the batteries last forever. But if you've noticed, batteries don't last forever. They die. That's miss leading advertising, false advertising. But when Jesus speaks about everlasting life, it is life that lasts, life that goes on, life that continues forever. Verse number 48, he says, I am that bread of life. The bread of life. And here is the sticking point. You see, these folks were coming to Jesus and they weren't believing what Jesus had to say. Jesus was trying to reveal to them that he is the Messiah, that he is the one who is here to meet all of their needs. But they were focused on the physical. You see, they thought that because of their heritage, because of who they were by birth, because of the the fathers that they had, because of the religion that they were in, they thought, we're good. We don't need spiritual help. They thought their only need was physical help. They didn't think that they needed a Messiah to come and to change their belief system. They didn't think that they needed a Messiah to come and to save them from their sins. They thought all they they needed was food. They thought, hey, you know, you come, you bring us bread. Better yet, you come, Jesus, and you kick the Romans out of our land and you build our kingdom up and we've got it made. We're perfect. We're the perfect candidates. You know, so often today, this is where people struggle People don't see Jesus as something that they need, someone that they need in order to change their life, in order to give them a heart transplant, in order to take them from being dead in trespasses and sins and being made alive. Most people, they think of Jesus as, oh yeah, you know, I need a little bit of Jesus. I need Jesus to come in and to sprinkle good things in my life. I need Jesus to come in and to make my life what it should be, to make it better, you know, just to give me all the good things. I need Jesus to come in and give me money. I need Jesus to come in and to make my health better or remove my problems. You know, the reality, the truth is, we need Jesus to come in and to turn our life completely upside down. We need Jesus to come in and to confront us with the truth that we are not okay, that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, that you and I have nothing that can recommend us to God, that we have no way to be right with Him or to, be, to make our way to heaven. We need Jesus as the bread of life. We need him to come in and to confront us with the truth that we are lost. 
And that's what he was doing on this day. He's revealing to them, hey, you don't need physical bread. What you need is spiritual bread. They thought that they were okay. You'll notice what Jesus says in the next verse, verse 49. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. That's kind of blunt. Jesus says, hey, you know, you guys are so focused on physical bread. Your fathers in the wilderness, they got that. You know, all of those guys that wandered through the wilderness, Jesus gave them manna every single day. They just had to go out of their tent and pick it up. But you know the reality? Every single one of them is dead. They're not here with us today. They didn't live on forever. Oh yeah, their daily needs were met, but it didn't help them in eternity. And if you think back to their forefathers, if you think back to the Israelite people, right? they were nourished physically every day by that physical bread. But what happened in the midst of them being nourished physically every day by that physical bread? What happened in the midst of them being led by God in a visible manifestation of the presence of God? in the cloud of pillar and the fire by night, right? What did they do? Well, they doubted God. They didn't believe God. In fact, the whole group of them that originally came out from 20 years old and up, they disbelieved God. God brought them to the borders of the promised land. He had been feeding them manna. He had been giving them their physical needs. He had been revealing His presence to them. They got to the, the edge of the promised land, and they said, no. No, God, God's trying to pull a fast one on us. He's not taking care of us. God's not gonna, he's not going to take us into this land. They thought that they knew better than God. And every single one of them died. Save for Caleb and Joshua. Those were the only two who got to go into the promised land. You see, these on this day... They were so caught up in the physical things. They were so caught up in the manna that their fathers got that they missed the same thing that their fathers had missed. You see, many of their fathers had suffered a spiritual death because of the evil sin of unbelief. Yeah, God had met their physical needs, but ultimately it hadn't done them any good. They had daily proofs of God, his power, his leadership, his direction, and yet they died in unbelief. And it was the same for the people on this day. In the synagogue with Jesus, as he is revealing to them the truth that he is the bread of life, so many of them missed who Jesus was. So many of them were focused on the physical things, and they missed the fact that the very Son of God, the one who would die, to save them from their sins. They missed who he was. Jesus goes on in verse number 50, This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Jesus draws their attention away from the manna, away from the bread that he multiplied, to a different kind of bread, a spiritual bread. It's interesting, he makes this statement here, that if you eat of this bread, you won't die. Now, I'm sure that that grabbed their attention a little bit. And some people, they might come to this and read this and think, well, that doesn't happen because we all die, right? We all face death. Those that were the disciples, right, they faced death. But what Jesus is speaking of here is a spiritual death. I'll, I'll draw your attention here 
reveal this to you from the text. Multiple times he's referenced the fact that he will raise these people, those that believe on him, those that receive everlasting life, he will raise them up at the last day. He he mentions that multiple times in the text. Verse number 40, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, wait a second. How do you have everlasting life and need to be raised up at the last day? Well, it only makes sense. It only works if Jesus is speaking of spiritual life here. We recognize from the scriptures that you and I are dead in our trespasses and sins. We recognize from the scripture that we are going to die a physical death. But in the last day, there is a resurrection. There is the spirit of man that receives the everlasting life and that never dies. Jesus, later in our text that we took for this morning, he mentions the fact that those that believe on him, he will raise at the last day. Jesus is speaking of spiritual life, spiritual life that goes on. It's clear that Jesus is speaking about spiritual things in this text. Verse number 51, he continues, he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus here speaks of his coming death. He speaks of the fact that his body is going to be broken. He speaks of himself as a living bread. He is going to offer his life, his physical life, in exchange for yours and mine. In exchange for our spiritual lives. But the Jews here, they're, they're confused. In verse number 52, the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They're still, they're still grappling with this. They think Jesus is talking about a physical picture here. They've missed what Jesus is saying. Now, I mean, go, go back to being in school, right? Wesley, you're still in school. I think the rest of us are out of school at this point. But think about school, right? If the teacher gives you a hard problem to solve, you know, the best time to figure out how to solve that problem, if you're grappling with understanding it, if you're grappling with how to solve that problem, how to figure it out, you know the best time to deal with that? When the teacher's there, when the teacher's explaining it. It's a good time to ask the teacher, say, hey, teacher, this is a good, good key for you know, getting far in school. You can raise your hand and say, hey, teacher, I don't understand this. You know the wrong time is at the test day. Be like, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't ask the teacher. I didn't understand what they were talking about, and I didn't make any preparation. But you'll notice what these people do, right? The Jews therefore strove, how, where, among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? You notice who they don't ask? Jesus. They're arguing among themselves. They don't believe anything that Jesus has to say. They don't believe that Jesus is who he is claiming to be. They don't even ask him, Jesus, what are you talking about? No, they just argue among themselves. They're convinced, no, what is this guy talking about? Earlier on in the text uh, that we looked at last week, they talked about the fact Verse number 42, is, this, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? 
You know, they keep doing this over and over again. They're not really asking Jesus. They don't really want to hear what Jesus has to say. They're convinced that Jesus is false. So Jesus is using the spiritual illustration to try to attract their attention, to try to get them to stop and consider what he has to say. They're stuck on the physical. They haven't been paying attention, though. They still think that all that they need is physical. They still think that they are perfect candidates to receive the Messiah, and they're convinced that Jesus is not that one. Verse number 53 Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Here again we get a a picture that Jesus is clearly talking about the spiritual side of things. He says there at the end of verse number 53, If you don't do this, if you don't eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have what? No life in you. Now, wait a second. Who is Jesus talking to? Is Jesus in a graveyard? Is he talking to a bunch of dead men? No. He is in the synagogue. And he is talking to those who are alive. Right? They are alive physically, obviously. They're talking amongst themselves. They're arguing about the fact that Jesus isn't who he claims to be. And Jesus presents them with this spiritual illustration once again. And he says that except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. There's that reference, that mention once again to the fact that you have eternal life and I will raise you up at the last day. Jesus keeps speaking clearly to them of the fact that he is speaking of a spiritual illustration. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. You think about that last verse that I just read. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Jesus has multiple times in this passage equated eating and drinking to coming to him and believing upon him. Coming to him and believing upon him. When we come to Jesus, when we believe in him continually, again and again, we come to him, we stay with him, we continue to believe in him, Jesus says that these are, this is the person, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. None of this makes sense in a physical setting, in a physical sense. But the reason that Jesus is using this illustration is because they have come to him seeking after physical bread. They're referencing the manna, and Jesus is trying to draw their attention to the fact that the physical is not enough. That the physical is not where it is. That the physical is not what life is about. But rather, the spiritual is. Jesus had come as the bread of life. He had come to give them spiritual life. They were stuck on their physical heritage. They were stuck on the fact that they thought that they were okay. That all they needed was physical things and life would be perfect. And Jesus is trying to get them to see that they're dead. 
that they have no life in themselves, that they're a bunch of spiritually dead men that need to eat of him and drink of him to receive everlasting life. Verse number 57, he goes on, As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Jesus once again draws their attention to the fact that they need more than physical bread. He says once again, your fathers did eat manna and are dead. They had the provision of God daily. They had the blessing of God. They had the presence of God. But they hadn't eaten of the spiritual bread of God. All they ate was the physical bread of God. And they died dead in their sins. Dead in their trespasses and sins and their unbelief. But Jesus says, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. You know, you can follow after the things of this life. You can live for the things of this world. You can find the the physical bread of this life. You can eat till you are full. And maybe, you know, you find some satisfaction in this life, in the things of this life. But this life is not all that there is. Many people, they have a view that all they need is Jesus to come and to fix some things. And as I've said before in this message, we don't just need Jesus to come and fix some things. We need a heart transplant. We need a a life change. We need life to be given to us. Jesus is trying to get these men's attention drawn to the fact that they need Him. They need Him. They need the Messiah that He is. They had this view in their mind of the Messiah that would come, the things that He would do, the blessings that He would give, the kingdom that He would establish. And when Jesus came, they missed their opportunity. They missed the fact that the Messiah was there. That Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh, had come. The prophecies had been fulfilled. He was there. He was speaking with them. He was teaching them. And they were missing all of it. You know, this morning, may you and I not be like these. May may we not be guilty of being focused on the physical things or being focused on some idea or representation of who God is and what we need in this life, what we need God to do. But may we come... May we have eyes to see. May we have ears to hear. May we open our hearts to what Jesus has to say. May we allow Him to come and to show us our true need. These on this day, they would not open their hearts to Jesus. They would not allow Him to show them the true need that they had. The fact that they were dead. The fact that if Jesus gave them bread for the rest of their lives, it wouldn't help them one bit, for they would die without Him just as their fathers did in the wilderness. You and I today, we need Jesus. We need to partake of His flesh and His blood. We need to come to Him. We need to believe upon Him. You know, what what is necessary to come 
to Jesus. What was preventing these on this day from truly coming to Jesus? Well, part of it was pride, right? They thought that they knew better than Jesus. They were passing judgment on Jesus, saying, oh no, he's not the one that we need. Can we agree? He was the one that they needed. He was the one who would meet their greatest need, but yet they missed it. They would not come to him. He had done everything that was necessary to reveal himself, to prove himself to them, but they would not come to him. Whatever the reason, pride in their heritage, uh, not thinking that they needed what he was offering, not seeing him for who he was, they needed the work of God in their heart. They needed to yield themselves to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They needed to recognize who Jesus was. So this morning, you and I, we must recognize who Jesus is. We must humble ourselves. We must realize our great need if we will come to him. Coming to Jesus necessitates laying down our will, laying aside our ideas, surrendering ourselves to him in his reign and rule in our life, and believe on him. They needed to believe on him. They needed to believe that he was who he claimed to be. You know, really, it shouldn't have been difficult. Jesus had revealed himself to them. He had done miracles. He had fulfilled all of the prophecies. These were guys who knew the scripture. All they had to do was connect the dots, and they could have seen, as many did, right? The disciples, the followers of John the Baptist, and even some of the, the religious people of that day, they, they did. They connected the dots. They saw who Jesus was, and they believed. They put their faith and trust in him. You know, so today, Jesus has revealed himself to us. He has given us everything that we need to know that he is the Son of God. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. That he is the one upon whom you and I can trust to receive everlasting life. He is the bread of life, even today. If you've never placed your faith and trust in Him, if you've never come to that place of coming to Him, laying down yourself and your sin, coming to Him and believing in Him, putting your faith and trust in Him, may today be the day that you do that. May you recognize your need of salvation, your need of rescue from your sin, your need of receiving the everlasting life that only He can give. But maybe you're here this morning and you have believed upon Him. You have come to Him. You have put your faith and trust in Him. May I speak to you for a moment, believer? Don't forsake your spiritual nourishment. Don't get caught up in seeking after the things of this life. Don't forsake the bread of life to go after the things that never quench your thirst, that never satiate your hunger, the things that this life offers. You'll notice the tense of those words. Jesus says that he that cometh to me, and he that eateth and drinketh, the one that cometh and believeth, it's a present continual tense. You know what our job is? If we're believers this morning, if we've come to that, that point of being born again, our job is to continue with Jesus. Continue coming to Him. Continue believing upon Him. Continue to eat and to drink of His presence. 
to continue to eat and to drink of the word of life, the bread of life that he offers to us. May we not get our attention off on the things of this life, the cotton candy, the worthless things, the things that do not offer any real quenching of hunger or thirst. But may we get our attention back upon Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Verse 48, he said that. I am the bread of life. Don't seek to quench your thirst. Don't seek to quench your hunger anywhere else but with him.